Hey everybody, Jamie Uretsky here on the lighter side of baseball. And when you hear that great music, it's still great music. It still reminds me of back in the day. And for me, the day is defined as 1959, 60, 61, when I used to hang out at Comiskey Park to watch the go-go White Sox. And in 59, uh, the White Sox went to the World Series. So that music is still exciting to me. And uh, Tyler plays some great music in between. So we're going to do that again, even though uh, Tyler is producing this show from uh, Oahu, Hawaii. Yes, the big island, not the big island, but the, uh, the big island of Hawaii, of Oahu. It's not the biggest island, but to me it's a fun island. I'd go there tomorrow. First thing I want to talk about is the continuing inequities in baseball, the haves and the half-nots. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, some of these teams play spoilers, but again, it goes back to what they're paying on the payroll side of each team, for the most part, unless you're the Rays. But the leads um, and the games over 500 seem to be so disparate to me this year. For example, the Brewers have a 12.5 game lead over the Cardinals. And the Brewers are still playing good baseball. They've lost two in a row, but they're 7-3 and three in the last 10 games. And their run differential is a hefty 133, which, aside from the National League West, is, the, is a big margin. The biggest between the Central and the East. In the East, you've got Atlanta clinging to a 3.5 game lead, but again, they're running out of baseball games. And so with a 3.5 game lead... With 144 games down, 18 to go, the Braves ought to be able to handle um, that lead, although it's not huge, like some of the other divisions in the American League. In the Western Division of the National League, the Giants, the the amazing story of the year, are still a game and a half ahead of the Dodgers. Now, um, they have each clinched a playoff spot, and they are the only teams in the National League to have done so. But the Giants, who I think will finish a wild card game, not the league winner, they're 95 and 51. You know, by my math, that's 44 games over 500. And the Dodgers are 41 games over 500. Unbelievable. And their run differential, 164 and 244, biggest in baseball. So then you go to the American League. Tampa Bay has got an eight-game lead over the Yankees. That, that race is history. It has been for a long time. The White Sox have an 11-and-a-half-game lead over the Indians. That is history. And the Astros are seven up on the A's, and that, to me, is history, too. On the wild-card side, it's a little more interesting. In the uh, American League, you've got the Yankees, Blue Jays and Red Sox all tied, virtually tied with the same record. The A's are three and a half games back. I think the A's and the Mariners are probably out of it. And then in the National League, you've got the Dodgers with a 17-game lead. So either the Dodgers or the Giants are obviously in, and you go, duh, no kidding. That's been that way since way before the All-Star break. And then you've got the Cardinals and the Padres. And those teams seem to be going in different directions, although the Padres did beat the Giants last night. 
So the Padres have managed to blow their big lead, and they're a game down to the Cardinals. And the Cardinals have a pansy schedule. Holy moly, that should be a wild card. So if the Dodgers and the Cardinals get the wild card, that'd be a pretty interesting game, Scherzer versus Wainwright, um, which is you know exciting unless you're a Cub fan and you're going, you know, what would be worse for a Cub fan is if John Lester gets the start. Uh, Lester got the win, I believe, last night. Um, so anyway, that's the current race. I'd like to tell you the Cubs are right in the thick of things with Baez, Bryant, Rizzo, Kimbrell, Chafin, Schwarber, Darvish, Tapera. But no, they gave those guys away. And you've heard me rail on that. It gets more annoying every day. It started with Schwarber. Castellanos, Darvish, and then comes the current giveaway of Baez, Rizzo, uh, Bryant, and next year it's going to probably be the catcher. They gave away Kimbrell, Tapera, Chafin. I mean, it's just, I've talked about how Pittsburgh ought to be pissed over the years they've given away dynasties. Why even draft prospects? Why have a minor league I guess they enjoy, in Pittsburgh, developing guys and then just giving them away for another prospect that's for it. I don't get it. I don't get any of this. I sure as heck don't get what Ricketts did to the Chicago Cubs in less than a year. Now, you aren't going to go, I don't care who you are. You could be Andrew Friedman or whatever the Dodgers president is named. You're not going to go out and replace those guys in my lifetime or anybody's lifetime. It's a joke. Now, where do the Cubs go wrong with that great talent? They went wrong with the uh, getting rid of Joe Madden. They went wrong with getting a hitting coach that didn't know what the hell he was doing. They got gone with a pitching coach that had had a cup of coffee in the major leagues. All these guys were Theo's buddies. Yeah, that's the one thing they had in common. They had no chemistry. They had no manager. They had nothing to do but win, and they didn't. I like David Ross, and I think he'll be fine. But between Theo and Hoyer, they gave away more talent than anybody in the history of baseball has ever given away. I mean, it's just simple. You cannot show me, even Charlie Finley, even George Steinbrenner, even the Houston Astros, even name all these teams that do the dive once in a while. Nobody in the history of baseball in a 12-month period has traded away more firepower than Ricketts. And why? Because he'd rather spend his money building a betting facility in right field. He'd rather spend his money fixing up his buildings across the street so that he can figure out how to make money off of the people that want to walk up four flights of stairs and sit out 500 feet away from Wrigley Field and watch a game and drink and eat. Okay, I don't, I don't have a problem with any of that. What I do have a problem with is Ricketts unloading all this talent. And I have a problem with the talent they had not winning two or three more pennants. And why is that? Because they didn't have any leadership that would have gotten them over the hump after 2016. And they got rid of guys like Castellanos. They got rid of Schwarber. They got rid of Baez. They got rid of guys that wanted to win. 
these guys had a will to win. And then that it was infiltrated with a bunch of bozo coaches and this laissez-faire attitude, this who cares? We're getting money. What do we, you know, this, this team had no character. That's about the way you got to put it. 2017 was okay, you know, hangover. That was the theme. We've got a World Series hangover, baloney. The 27 Yankees didn't have a hangover. Now, maybe the 50, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, exclude number 54, Yankees had a hangover with Billy Martin, Whitey Ford, and Mickey Mantle. But that hangover came from booze. It didn't come from laissez-faire. It's a fancy word for lazy. Give a shit. Sorry, it's a children's program. Give a darn. And so here we are again with the unloading of historical proportion of great talent in the middle of their careers. Now, reference that to the St. Louis Cardinals. Do they send Yadier Molina packing? No. They give him a new contract. Do they send Wainwright packing? No, they give him a new contract. What do the Cubs do? See you later, boys. It's been great. I just dumped $80 million in payroll. I'm feeling pretty good. Ameritrade's looking pretty good. I've got my um, gambling casino approved. I've got my sports book ready to go. I'm building a really state-of-the-art building to house it. I've got this beautiful ballpark. I probably own half of the buildings on... Um, Clark and Addison, and so I'm fat, dumb, and happy. I'm positioned to make money, and so the lower my payroll, the more money I'm going to make because it's a tourist destination. Now, there have been a lot of empty seats in the Wrigley Field uh, bleachers and the Wrigley Field seats, and some of those empty seats were mine. I couldn't sell them on StubHub. Tried. Used to never want to sell them. Now I can't find anybody to go to a game with me. I didn't even go to a game with me. I said, Self, we ain't going out there. Number one, they're, they're horrible. Number two, it's just, I don't know, with the well, I've gone through it. I'm not going to go through it again. I'm done on that issue giving away. A new issue, my second rant and rave on the Chicago Cubs and Ricketts and the rest of the senior management. Craig Kenny, what a joke. J-O-K-E. He and Ricketts. I mean, Reinsdorf lo- loves it because they're, they're out of competition in the city's battle for ratings, but yet even with the White Sox being spectacular, exciting, and fun to watch, they can't draw. The, the Cubs draw more after they gave away everybody than the White Sox do. It's now... Nobody wants to go down the south side. It's getting worse, you know. The wards are getting worse, and, um, you know, things are tough, but that's the way it is. I'm not going to get into that. Problems in Chicago deal. But you're going, what, is that the rant? Are you mad that there are a lot of shootings and there's no gun control? No, I'm not. I mean, I am, but I'm not going to rant about that. Here's what I'm going to rant about. And keep in mind what I ranted about five minutes ago. The wholesale giveaway, the historical giveaway of more frigging all-star talent in 12 months than anybody could do. Okay? So, now, 
this is only a precursor for what's going to happen the last day of the year. And what was that, you ask, on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple iTunes? You notice how I worked that in? Okay, rant number two. This is unbelievable. This, this is incredibly unbelievable. All right? So the Cubs had a three-game series with the San Francisco Giants. The Cubs' third baseman, who was an MVP, who was a major factor for winning the World Series in 2016, uh, was given away to San Francisco. See you later, Chris. Thanks. It's been great, but we're not going to pay what you and Scott Boris want. We're not even going to give you a real offer. And, you know, you should have countered. You heard Jed Hoyer trying to friggin' justify his stupidity. He can't. Stupid. Terrible mismanagement. I'm not, I'm I, To say that I might sugarcoat this, no. These are all true. Jed Hoyer had mud on his face. And if the, any owner, here's the deal. The owners don't care anymore. They're all making a lot of money. I mean, they're making a ton of money. That's for the players. So you got a little of that. You took the fight out of the tiger. And now what we're left is a bunch of wimpy cubs. Okay, cubs. Cubs come from bears. I get it. I saw three little cubs in uh, Wisconsin this summer. And, uh, you know, tigers have their own little offspring. And so we're not going to get into that because there aren't any baby tigers, just the Bengals, which are a nickname of the Detroit Tigers. But there aren't any little tigers like in Cleveland. They could have changed the name from the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Baby Tigers, but they didn't. Okay, that's stupid. That didn't even make any sense, but I don't care. Trying to be on the lighter side of baseball. All right, back to the rant. I'm going to tell you about the rant, and um, by the time I'm done with my rant on this rant, we'll take a little break, and I'll compose myself and come back and talk about something I love, and that's the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame induction ceremonies that took place in Cooperstown uh, a week or 10 days ago. But it was great, beautiful day, da-da-da-da-da. Back to the Giants. Coming into Chicago to play and sweep the Chicago Cubs. <clears throat> First Giants sweep at Wrigley Field, like, forever. So in come the Giants to do their sweep. But before game number one, Friday afternoon game, and I wondered why my tickets just went through the roof, and I actually made made a nickel or two selling these tickets, which perplexed me until I realized that it was the return of Chris Bryant to Wrigley Field. Now, you know, Bryant is, you know, he's not a rah-rah guy. Uh, he The only thing he's really ever gotten upset about is that Dio screwed him around on bringing him up because of uh, service time. And hey, hey, Theo, who deserted the Cubs, Probably, luckily. Hey, Ricketts, your treatment of uh, Theo and service time didn't really mean much because you bungled it. If you were going to get rid of the guy, get rid of him last December, not July 30th, the deadline of the trading. I mean, like I said, it's a good thing Ricketts' father had a Meritrade because I don't know how Tommy Boy would uh, do so well. Now, Mr. Ricketts 
you know, she's a nice guy. Walks used to walk around with a bag of balls given out to people before COVID. And I mean, he's a decent. I, I mean, I visited with him about Omaha and the Omaha Royals and our family's involvement in that. And he's very nice, very nice. But he sucks as an owner. He has. Uh, but now, his dad and his brothers and sister might think he's great as an owner because they're probably making buku money. And they did invest a lot back in Wrigley. God love them. I mean, that's great. And we won a World Series, blah, blah, blah. A lot of good things. But I mean, like the Dodgers get to the top and then do they plateau? No. They try to find another top. The Cubs get to the top. Do they plateau? No. They friggin' take a drop like nobody's ever seen before in the history of baseball by giving away everybody. So back to Brian. He comes back to Wrigley Field. And what do they do? They have a love fest for Chris. It's all planned. It's all orchestrated. And I presume it took place with the blessing of the San Francisco Giants. Because if not, if the Giants were wondering, what the heck is going on here? They got Chris Bryant, our third baseman slash left fielder slash right fielder slash first baseman. Um you know, with his arms around the owner of the Cubs, and they're giving him presents. That's tampering. He's going to be a free agent. That's tampering. Now, maybe nobody else sees it as tampering. But what I see as a Cub fan is far different than what you read in the Tribune and on ESPN and what you saw on the various television feeds, WGN, WMAQ, WBBM in Chicago, the local affiliates of Channel 9, Channel 5, Channel 2. I'm sure ABC did the same thing. Uh, What they did was they all, oh, isn't this great? Chris comes back and we give him his own flag of the championship 2016 World Series. And we give him his number from the scoreboard to keep forever as a fine memento of this. And they they ring him up like he like the Lou Gehrig retirement day. Now he's not retired. He's not Lou Gehrig, and he's still playing against the Cubs. But yet we're just throwing a lot of love on him. And so what what prompted the Cubs to do this? And I guess now they got to do it for John Lester when he shows up. In St. Louis, in Chicago, on the last weekend of the year, don't they? I mean, how can you not do that for John Lester? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I still um, wonder what in the world made the Cub fans think this was good. I don't know. It's nice. I mean, I love being nice. Human nature, yeah. But. You spit in the face of the Cub fans by getting rid of this guy, by not negotiating with this guy, but not at the very least getting anything in return for this guy. And so here we are. You gutted our team. One of the gutties comes back, and you treat him like a conquering hero, like friggin' general that won World War II. Oh, my God, why don't we just have Chris Bryant Day and have the alderman declare this Chris Bryant Day and give him a key to the city? This guy should have said, go stuff it, Ricketts. I'm not going to sit there and take a friggin' 
scoreboard number from you, you wouldn't sign me. But now he's going to go sign a contract for two fifty to three hundred million with somebody, not the Cubs. I'd be shocked. Yeah, and again, I hope next year I say, boy, I've got to eat my. You know, I had to eat my Ian Happ words for a while, although I still contend Happ can't hit a high strike. I'm not going to jump on Happ. I'm jumping on Bryant and the Cubs and the fact that they unload this guy and then treat him like a returning hero. I don't get it. I'll never get it. Salt in the wounds. Won't get it. Don't get it. I don't like it. And nobody should like it. But yet every every reporting outlet Every podcast, oh, great, the Cubs are so nice. to. No, I don't care about being nice. I care about do your job. Sign him or trade him when you can't sign him. And he's one of the best players you're ever going to see. Well, he only hit blah, blah, blah. He was on the downside of his career. Nah, nah, nah. Come on. He and Baez and uh, Contreras are three of the best players in baseball. Clearly in the top 20 of everybody, in the top three at their position, whatever Brian's position is. So you can't trade those guys. You have to commit to those guys. You have to commit money to those guys. And if you go over the luxury tax, so what? You're a luxury guy. You own lots of stuff, including the biggest trading company in the world, Ameritrade. So don't scream. Oh, we got to keep it below the. Maybe they do. Get rid of the guy. Get a new owner if you if this guy isn't going to sign him. Sell the team. That was my motto at the beginning: sign or sell. Sign or sell. They. I tell you what. They. The. The, the Cubs surpassed even my negative uh, expectation. I mean, I can get negative with the best of them, as all you listeners know, and thank you all for listening. It's great when you listen. It's great to do the show. I love it. And it's just amazing that the Cubs exceeded my negative expectation. They traded everybody. They got rid of everybody. Who didn't they get rid of? Hendricks, who signed a team-friendly contract, who was probably the most valuable guy back then. He was leading the Leading the American League or the National League in wins. That that was before they took away his team. Now, if you're Kyle Hendricks and you don't throw 95 to 100 and you depend on good defense and an offense that's going to get you five to eight runs a game, uh, you just looked at your you just looked at your record going in the tank because you know you cannot. I don't care who Schwindel, Wisdom, Chernos. Chirinos, Ortega, Duffy, these guys are 24, 25, and 26 on a roster. Not one, two, and three jolly coachmen. Nope. So anyway, there. I figured I would never talk about the Cubs again, and that's all I do. They suck, and um, they're not going to get any better. So my tickets are history. You can kiss it goodbye. And who do I like now? I still like the Brewers. Woodruff's struggling a little bit. Um, Although they keep coming up with starting pitchers. I don't know how Craig Council does it. Like the Brewers and the White Sox, I like the Rays, the Braves. The Giants are kind of fun. They got Yaz, too. That's cool. 
And so let's take a little break. We'll be back in a minute on the lighter side of baseball. Bye. All right, folks, we're back. And for the next few minutes in the last segment of this exciting show, next week I hope to have Dwayne Stats. He said he'd be back on, but I know he's busy. Uh, Craig Kashan, I know he'll be back, but he's busy. I'll grab John Watson. I'll grab Dernier. We're going to have a big time in the uh, playoffs, okay? And uh, that you have my word on. So here we are. The last two things I want to talk about are baseball cards, something near and dear to me, and the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. Let's talk about baseball cards. Um, You know, I'm not a big Brad Gumbel fan, but he's good. He's thorough. He's gone through lots of different things, hosting the Today Show, being a prominent sports broadcaster, uh, to being a uh, somewhat of a political figure uh, in the civil rights area, and having this real sports program probably for over a decade, addressing some pretty controversial topics all across the board of sports, and stretching sometimes what he calls sports, like bike riding and bike injuries, just to pedestrian bike owners. I guess they're not. They're generic bike owners. They're not like Lance Armstrong and pumping up PED so he could win the Tour de France. <laughs> I love this. How can you get more negative? Isn't that great? I mean, there's there's a lot of negativity in sports. I'm not even into the NFL and all of their abusive behavior by some of those guys. Um, but you got some fans that won't watch if they play more than one national anthem. There's only one national anthem. Don't play an anthem for those other guys. You got that group. And then you got the group who's like, oh, man, you know, it's a great sport, fantasy football. I can bet from the comfort of my own home, da-da-da-da-da. Okay, NFL football's hard to be not excited when you live in Kansas City and you got Patrick Mahomes, guy who's worth every penny they pay him. Unbelievable. That comeback kid, maybe, you know, Maybe they'll win this week. What a great game. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. That's going to be good. That's must-watch TV. Must-see TV. Um, baseball cards. Anyway, Brian Gumble had a show, 17-minute uh, segment. I, everybody had to go watch it, about how crazy uh, baseball cards have become in uh, the pandemic and post-pandemic, if there is post-pandemic era, uh, of, of uh, trading card industry. Now, there have been some unbelievable uh, things going on. Target has pulled all of their trading cards because people fight over them. In fact, somebody pulled a gun on somebody. The, the trading cards Target sells are like 2021 20, sets of tops, you know, and tops is popping these babies out, even though they got screwed by Major League Baseball. And anyway, they're all over the place, but they had featured this 17-year-old kid who took his bar mitzvah money of five grand and now turned that in, turned five million into three million. Pretty good. Watch the show, it's pretty cool. Uh, baseball card industry for most of us, I, I don't buy cards that are in that good of shape. I don't buy graded cards. I buy cards because I like them and I don't plan to buy, sell them. And so I like to look at them. I like to think back to my youth. I like the 50s and the 60s, but. These new cards, these kids are, 
and everybody. They had a realtor in California where I'm sure he'd made millions of dollars in real estate, but he started looking into how the baseball card business had outdistanced the S&P uh, index 20 years in a, in a row. And so he started buying up baseball cards with whoever, spending major bucks, but they would appreciate he'd sell them, all the way up to Honus Wagner. I mean, he probably paid $50 million for Honus Wagner. He's going to sell it for 75 And that guy's required to have three armed guards with him whenever he travels with a baseball card that he owns. Huh? How about that? How about that? Pretty spectacular stuff. It's a fun show. Baseball cards are still fun. Uh, I think they're fun because their historic significance. I don't think they're fun to replace, you know, Google as a stock. But, you know, some people are doing that, and uh, they're, they're making money. And it seems to me here's what they're doing. They're, they're betting that the cards continue to appreciate. Um, the 50s and 60 cards have limited numbers, and maybe, you know, there's so many companies now, and they put out so many different kinds of sets, and so you have to figure out which set, which card do I want to go crazy and spend an inordinate amount of money. Like, let's say a normal guy is sitting around and a new, let's say that there is a new um, oh, Reggie Jackson that comes into the world next year. And somebody says, well, this guy, Bobby Baloney, he's going to be great. I think I'm going to get a car that's graded a nine and a half to a ten of this guy that nobody's heard of and pay 50 grand because I think he's going to be good now you know not too many people would do that I wouldn't I wouldn't pay fifty dollars for a guy I'd never heard of just on the come that I got a car that's perfect and if this guy becomes the next Reggie Jackson I'm going to make hundreds of thousands of dollars now for this car I don't know I don't know who the hell has all this cash sitting around, but the um, baseball card industry held their big national association um, sale in Chicago for the first time since the pandemic. And I mean, some of these dealers are showing up there with a million bucks and $100 bills and a lot of guards. So it's cool, it's crazy, it's not my kind of collecting. But again, neither are these teams my kind of teams. Neither is this year this kind of baseball, my kind of baseball, where the celebrations go on and the each team has a gimmick. Some guys, you know, they get a special blazer when they hit home run or I went into that. That's crazy. Then the uh, Yankees uh, were stealing signals from the uh, from the Mets, allegedly, and uh, that got heated. Even got the teams off of their fannies, and they came out and looked at each other like they were going to fight, which they never do, because the Yankees thought the uh, Mets were whistling when they knew a certain pitch was coming. Now, you know, maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Don't know. Don't really care. You know, let's, the cheating champs got away with it. So what are you going to do? You got gambling. You got cheating. You just got to let it, let it all go, I guess. Get Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Sammy Sosa in the Hall of Fame. Why, you know, why is Roger Maris? I'm going to get to the Hall of Fame. Good part. Bad part here. 
Why in the world is Roger Maris not in the Hall of Fame? I don't get it. I don't care what his career record was. He's the only player to hit more home runs in a season than Babe Ruth while not being on a performance-enhancing drug. That alone should get him into the, into the Hall of Fame. And he won an MVP two times. I, I guarantee, without looking, I bet you 10% of the Hall of Fame, 335 guys, that would be 33 guys that never won more than one MVP. I, or Cy Young. I guarantee it. And so Maris has two MVPs, and yet he's not in the Hall of Fame. Give me a break. That's disgusting. They should be freaking ashamed of themselves. But turning to the Hall of Fame and the induction ceremony that took place for the first time since the pandemic started, it was outdoors. The venue was the same. It just happened to be on a weekday, not a weekend. Uh, yet, because Derek Jeter was one of the four being inducted into the National Hall of Fame, there were a lot of people there, a lot of Yankee fans. So, uh, Ted Simmons, who I really didn't know that much about. I know he caught for the Brewers when they went to the World Series in 1982. I knew he was instrumental in St. Louis, but I didn't realize he was such a progressive, analytical guy who took part along with another Hall of Fame inductee, Marvin Miller, in shaping the current uh, benefits that players have enjoyed since Marvin Miller took over as the head of the Major League Players Association. So Ted Simmons gave a great speech. Everybody was surprised at how articulate he was, funny, and, you know, the Hall of Fame speeches are generally good, and uh, his speech was was very good. Um, Marvin Miller was inducted posthumously, or posthumously, as one might say, and the delivery speech, which resembled Senator Proxmire's old-time filibuster when They really needed to have filibusters if they wanted to achieve what the current filibuster achieves. Again, not going to get into politics. But Don Fear, Kansas City lawyer, who became Don Fear when his law firm, a labor law firm, uh, was able to be local counsel in the Kurt Flood case. And by that, he got to meet Marvin Miller, work with Marvin Miller. Kurt Flood ultimately lost that case. Kurt Flood should be in the Hall of Fame. No doubt about that. But uh, Don Fear worked his way into the union and became the uh, head of the Players Association after Marvin Miller. <clears throat> well, Donald Fear gave a great lecture to the first-year law students at Harvard University. Great. Probably went on an hour. If it didn't, it was close. And it was interesting to me because I'm a lawyer, Interesting to me, I'm from Kansas City. Interesting to me, I know Don Fair and some of the other guys that were in the Jolly Wolf law firm. But he didn't, and this is the trouble with most lawyers, they talk too much. They think that everybody wants, and, and I plead guilty. I talk too much. This, this podcast, 
in in the other 130 podcasts I've done, or evidence that I talk too much, tell long stories. Some are good, some are bad, some are funny, most aren't. And a lot of lawyers, myself included, apparently, and myself, and analytical, critical views of lawyers, they don't know the audience, they don't know the venue, they don't know the event because to them. The event is them. You know, I have been fortunate to oversee certain ceremonial activities. And, yeah, you know, getting married or having a funeral is certainly about the people getting married or the deceased. But, you know, I thought everybody wanted to hear me. <laughs> How crazy that. Not true. I mean, not true. So... The same thing can be said about Donald Fear in his Hall of Fame speech. If you go back to listen to it, you can't listen to it all. It'll put you to sleep. And and it was interesting. He gave insight into how Marvin Miller really was a nice guy, kind of quiet, very very uh, thoughtful, very patient. And um, how he never really heard him raise his voice much, how Marvin Miller's wife was really the only person Marvin listened to consistently. And that... Uh, Marvin Miller had this view, and what he wanted was the players to share in his view and to do the work. He didn't want to be the only guy up on the soapbox screaming and yelling that the players needed to have a minimum salary of more than you know $20,000 a year. He wasn't the guy taking the lead totally all the time that he wanted the players to be free agents after you know six years. Uh, about arbitration, he... he, he benefited every sports uh, profession in America. Baseball directly, but the NBA, the NFL, everything, because of what Marvin Miller did. The guy was great. It's unbelievable. And he wasn't just a striker. He wasn't just a, a work buster, although there were a couple work stoppages. He's a great guy. But Donald Fear went too far, and finally the New York fans had had enough. And as this thing grew on and on and on and on and on in length, the New York fans started yelling, Derek Jeter. And it was rude, but, you know, they're New York fans. What are you going to say? They're supposed to be rude. Uh, did that give fear the chance to maybe cut his speech short? No. Donnie kept going and going and going. And finally, you know, with a few, I'm sure what he thought were the most profound statements ever to hit Cooperstown, he sat down and yielded the floor to the best speech of the day from the most talented player of the day to a guy who was probably the least respected in the last 20 years player to finally get into the Hall of Fame. I am talking about the Montreal Expos' Larry Walker, who I learned a lot about. I thought Larry Walker got in Finally, because he was a pretty good hitter. Guy was a five-tool guy. A funny guy, never took himself seriously. I mean, he didn't even play baseball till he was, you know, nearing the end of high school years. Didn't have a high school baseball team because he grew up in Canada. <clears throat> Couldn't skate well enough or shoot well enough to get into the NHL. So the guy's hilarious. I mean, and he's got like... <clears throat> His mom, his father, his, and all has got four or five brothers. Their names all rhyme, like Larry and Barry and Harry and whatever. It was great. And he was funny. Gave a great, great speech. 
and yes, in my opinion, of the three major league players that got inducted in the Hall of Fame last week, Larry Walker was the most talented baseball player of all. Now, he wasn't the most successful because he played for the Expos, the Rockies, and the Cardinals. And he won everywhere he went. He just didn't win as consistently as the last guy, the cleanup hitter, although he didn't bat clean up when he played for 20 years. But the cleanup hitter at the Hall of Fame was number two for the Yankees, Derek Jeter. Great player, great leader, great story. Not the most talented guy in the world, but through his own talent, persistence, dedication, he was one of the most stoic stars in the history of the game. And he got that from his mom and dad. He grew up in a biracial family, for what that's worth, and to me, I say that only because that's true, and everybody else kept talking about it. But whatever the color of your skin, his mom and dad supported him, but, you know, made him sign little contracts about schoolwork and homework if he wanted to continue playing baseball, and da-da-da-da-da. And so, the book on Derek was, he never said anything wrong, he never did anything wrong, and all he did was win countless titles with him and Mariano Rivera and Andy Pettit and the boys. They were all good friends, and Jeter's great. Just wasn't the greatest guy on the on the uh, deck at Cooperstown. And you go, how can you say that? I disagree. All right, disagree, but I'm telling you, I'm right. Larry Walker, 5-2 Larry, was the guy. Now, Jeter played shortstop for 20 years with the Yankees, went to countless playoff games, had a lifetime batting average that was probably higher than Larry Walker. I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up next time. But the whole day was great, and it looked like it was going to rain on Jeter, but it didn't. So Mickey took care of that, or the boss took care of that. Somebody took care of that. And so it goes. So you got Cooperstown done, uh, you know, in a traditional way, but not on a traditional weekend. And next year, the weekend set again back in Cooperstown at the end of July. <clears throat> not sure who will be inducted, but hopefully it will not be um, some of these guys that didn't quite get in this year. I don't think Pete Rose is going to be showing up anytime soon. I don't think Barry Bonds will be showing up anytime too soon. I don't think Roger Clemens will be showing up anytime soon. And I don't think the wacko pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, whose sock was bleeding, uh, is going to get in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. But I could be wrong on that. So, anyway, the moral of the story is um, baseball's back in some fashion. I'm not sure it's the baseball I remember. But the balls are just flying out. It's home run derby, although, um, you know, I've kind of liking the Red Sox. And I'm kind of liking the Royals for next year. Um, John Sherman's been a good man, a man to own the team. He promoted to Dayton Moore to the president of baseball operations and J.J. What's-His-Name to the general manager. And, um, you know, he's, he's trying to stay within a, a budget, which I contend is artificially low. But he's got Salvador Perez, who now is in a home run race with Vlad Jr., and Shohei Otani, and it's exciting. You know, they're in that 44-45 range. Salvi's about to set the, the major league record for home runs by a catcher, and 
It's awesome. It's fun. It's entertaining. So I will get Royal season tickets next year because they're going in the right direction. And as for the Cubs, I don't know. I always change my mind. So that's the way it is. Anyway, I think this is a good time to get a little music, say goodbye till next time, and maybe, just maybe, I'll have a, a friend to help with this show. So be good, be happy, and we will see you next time. That's right, next time on the latter side of baseball. And, uh, man, when are we going to have a light podcast? Who knows? Who cares? You guys are great. You loyal listeners out there, it's fun. And uh, I'm going to bug Kashan to do something next week. Stats has already agreed to do it. It's just a question of he's busy and I'm not. So there you have it. Uh, This is fun. We're coming up to October baseball. And it's going to be great. It's going to be great. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Maybe do a podcast every day. I don't know. Eh, Who wants to hear me every day? Once a week. Later, guys. It's been fun. Later, girls. You're the best. Searching for a sponsor for next year. Papa Kino, look out. Until then, on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud, you guys keep with me. Keep with me. You're the best. Later. Stripe it down the middle. Have a great day. <laughs>